What is going on, everybody? We are back with another episode of Questionable for Sunday. Always excited to be on the show again. Joined by my co-host, The Commish. What's up, man? Dude, how you doing, Eric? How, how's, how was your weekend? Because I blacked out. I don't remember anything from the weekend. I think my team won, but I don't really remember. Yeah, I'll have to take a look at the scoreboard. But, uh, 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 we don't have to. I'm just going to... I know I, We don't have to. It's fine. But, you know, we'll get into it more. It was a pretty solid weekend for me, I would say. Um, no complaints. No complaints over here. So, uh, but yeah, pump for, pump for another episode of the pod, man. I don't know about you. Oh, um, to be honest, I'm not because I'm kind of tired and... I uh, I was actually uh, uh, I feel like my creative juices are are on the low end like I'm like that low fuel right now so I'm putting my mind towards other creative parts of my life and so I feel a little bit off today but luckily we have a fantastic guest who's gonna uh, save the podcast for us and uh, yeah we got the the lesser half of the Erickson Bros joining us on the pod today what's going on Joe what's up man doing good man how about you guys. It's it's you know it's another day on the podcast. I mean I'm I'm looking forward I'm to this brother. thing every week. So I feel like we've been stepping it up lately. Some good I shows. I think so. And I, I also think I do think, uh, and I want to mention this very briefly. I mean the participation we've had from the league's been fantastic. Uh, I mean I don't know where Ben Hazari is, but that's fine. Um, the one thing I will say though uh, is that I feel like hopefully that gives everyone in the league a newfound appreciation for what me and Eric have to go through every week. Because it can be a little much, you know, having to for talk for an hour about, you know, some you guys uh, are shitty fake teams. Yeah, you know, and then make fun of you guys, and you know, at the same time trying to make it interesting. And, uh, and I think it has been interesting. It's been a great year of the podcast. But hopefully that, you know, I just want us to get enough credit. You know, the credit that we deserve. You can't see on video now, but Joe's just playing like a mean saxophone with his fingers. Uh, <laughs> I, got, I have it on a different tab, so I wasn't looking. But but, uh, but Joe, got a few questions for you right off the bat here. Uh, one, uh, what do you, what have you thinking of the season so far? Uh, can't remember your record. I think you're uh, four and five and two. Is that right? Uh, five and two, and yeah, I think my uh, season's gone pretty solid so far. I mean, like I was struggling a little bit to get some points early in the year, but uh, starting to turn around and. Uh, you know, my team's, like, peeking right at the right time, you know, getting into a groove right before the uh, playoffs. Yeah, it looks – looking back to your draft, uh, you spent 43 bucks on Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which has given you a fantastic team name. Uh, did, is that why you spent so much on him? Did you have that team name in mind before the draft? It was basically that, you know, like, I had that team name, and I was just like, okay, I got to get this guy uh, so I can be the Fresh Prince of Hilaire. I think you also did a good job with the rest of your draft. Uh, Chris Godwin, who's had some injury woes. Todd Gurley, who's been pretty pretty good for the Falcons. You had Tyler Lockett, Robert Woods. Antonio Gibson, your your lotto ticket of uh, rookie running backs hit pretty hard, I would say. And I feel like he's starting to play a lot of a bigger role in that Washington football team offense. Um, did you have any issues uh, at quarterback? I, I, I'm looking right now. You had Gardner Minshew and Drew Brees. Yeah, it's a little bit of a, I kind of went with the lottery ticket approach with quarterbacks at the end, you know, um, it feel like at the end, if you're not getting like an elite guy like Russell Wilson, you need to take like a couple quarterbacks at the end, you know, a couple $1 lottery tickets and hope one of them pans out. Um, could always get lucky and hit like Jerry did last year with Lamar Jackson. True. Yeah. I mean, gosh, Eric, how do you feel about your brother taking multiple quarterbacks? I mean, in this instance, I've like I've said before, not a not a terrible strategy given the oh, uh, oh kind of similar to your 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 quarterback situation, Connor. Um, 
but we don't need to, uh, you know, beat a dead horse. Uh, but Joe, I got one more question for you before we dive in. Last week, Tristan dropped some hot bars on you. I feel like, uh, Connor, you would agree it was his best diss track yet. I'm looking uh, forward yes. to another one today, see if he can build off it. But Joe, what was your reaction to the diss from Tristan? I thought it was a good diss. Like, I thought it was funny. Uh, I thought it was a good diss. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, like, if you had the five greatest, like, hottest rappers right now, it would be Tristan, 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 and Tristan, because he spits hot fire. Exactly. High uh, praise from Joe so far. And uh, we're looking forward to another uh, diss track later in the show. Uh, but let's dive into today's pod uh, right off the bat. Um, we missed it last week, but it's it's here. We got Connor's corner. The floor is yours. Floor is mine, as it always is. I paid for this fucking floor, Eric. This floor is mine. Um, I wanted to talk about two things. Uh, the first thing, uh, it's not really pissing me off, but I mean, I feel like I haven't had a lot of moments of anger in my life recently, which is good. You know, I think that's like generally a good thing. It just means that I have less things to complain about to the twelve people who listen to this podcast. But I will say that uh, over the past two days, uh, my my dearest mother, my mom, Mags, Maggie McHugh, uh, who is an absolute riot. If you haven't met her, she's awesome. Um, she has received over seven texts. I believe the correct number is eight texts from various political organizations in Arizona directed to me, um, trying to get a hold of me to make sure that I go out and vote. Uh, I think one was from like the the young Democrats of Arizona. Um, I got a bunch of these uh, screenshots today. Uh, Equality Arizona for Eric Curland. Don't know what that is. Uh, but this one's just saying Next Gen Arizona, making sure I go out and vote. Uh, Women's March Action and Young Democrats of America. And uh, I don't know why, because to be honest with you, I, did, I, I didn't sign my own mother up to receive political texts. That's such an asshole thing to do. It'd be kind of funny if I could claim credit, but I'm not. So I don't know how they think that I'm my mom. Um, but it just goes to show you that I think that – and all of us here probably agree that the best thing we can do this upcoming election is to stay home and not vote and not legitimize a broken system. The second thing that's kind of <laughs> in my life right now that I want to talk about is uh, I just took over uh, my buddy's fantasy football team, Eddie Lynn Wayson. I know a lot of you guys know him, uh, a good Husky from Seattle. Um Basically, he his team is a bunch of Seattleites. They use the Sleeper app, and uh, Eric, you actually had me. T- you were like kind of talking with me about looking into the Sleeper app. Remember that before the yeah. season started? They don't have auction yeah. though. Yeah, they don't have auction. That was kind of the reason why we went away from it. But I felt like I had heard a couple good things. Um, to be honest, the Sleeper app uh, sucks. It's <laughs> I'm not a fan. So I'm really happy we we're sticking with ESPN. There are some cool features. I want to start off with the cool features. So one thing. Um, you can see like the list of trending players like for those of you uh, maybe like Jordan or Curtis um, who don't have good teams when you want to add someone it already lists like who's a good idea to add so it like you know lowers the skill cap for sure um, you can also give teams actually I don't think it's teams so you can give players nicknames which I think is kind of funny like uh, Eddie has a guy on his team named Devonte Parker and um, in parentheses, it says De Cucte Parker. Eddie really likes to make cuck jokes. Uh, he's another guy on his team called Jared Cook. And in parentheses, it says Jared Cuck. And then for Cole Beasley, it says Cuck Beasley. So that's pretty cool. Like, I like that part that you can give your own team. I feel like it's nickname. worth it just before that. Maybe. 
But there are a lot of downsides. Number one is that there's no website. You have to use your phone, and I hate that because that's not true. You... It's definitely true. All right, keep going. Okay. Um, there's like five things that you have to swipe, like the screens you want to look at. There's way too many screens. I need to see it on my PC. Like I'm a, I'm a PC guy. All right. I mean, I don't want to use my phone for this shit. Um, the UI itself. There are so many moving emojis. Everyone has an emoji that's constantly in motion. This UI is catered towards Fortnite players. So I'm really happy that we didn't move forward with the sleeper app. Um, that's part of the reason I took over the team. I wanted to just check out the app itself. But uh, to be honest, I'm reporting back that it sucks. All right. Well, sleeper does have – you can use sleeper on computer, but we could talk you know, off the air about that. No, you can't. <laughs> so, hey, look. Sleeper so use on PC. Don't see shit, dude. Don't see sleep. <laughs> Sleeper fantasy football. It said I go to their website. You know what it says? Download the app, dude. Sleeper app is what you have to use. Yeah, Sleeper app. Yeah, yeah. It's it it's an app. It is. It basically tells you to go to the app, dude. But then you can use it on your computer after you use that. But it's oh, okay. Shit, we don't shit, need really? to harp on it. Okay. But well, hey, still, just for dude. just for you know oh, for yourself as you continue to manage the uh, the I'm cuck squad over there, time, you can use it on your computer. Yeah. Oh, um, no, oh, one other thing. His the Cuck Squad uh, is one in six, and uh, when I joined, uh, had a hundred dollars of fab budget. So I asked the commissioner, uh, "What we started? What everyone started out with? Everyone started out with a hundred. Eddie has yet to use a single dollar of fab budget, and his team is one in six. He's going with the old Hobie strategy there. You got to respect it. Um, I guess so. But yeah, that that that's Connor's corner. Uh, still TBD on their on sleeper app, but uh, you know. I, I feel like uh, it does have some nice capabilities, but you know, ESPN always gets the job done. So shout out to them. Uh, let's quickly get into our recaps here of Week Seven. We had uh, some great matchups um, across the board. Uh, our high score of the week was Ben, who you know he was fool's gold entering the week, but he was like suck my pyrite, and he scored 176.4 points in a against Spencer, who scored 110.7. Tristan with a nice victory, 124.5 to 109.5 over Jordan. Jerry bounces back in the win column with a 127.7 to 71.9 victory over AMAC. Uh, Curtis picks up his first victory of the year against Connor, 83.8 to 73.8. Joe with a big victory here, 162.5 to 70.7 over Hovey. And uh, myself, I beat Chris, 104 to 94.5. Uh, Connor, 15 points from Curtis's defense, uh, making a difference there in that one. Uh, you, you, how, have your opinions changed on defenses at all? Have my opinions changed? What was my opinion on defense before this, Eric? That they should be uh, part of the lineup. This, uh, oh, that they. So my opinion was that they should be part of the lineup. You're asking me, has that opinion changed? Has it? Has it? No, it has not actually. <laughs> but thank you for checking in on me. Appreciate okay. it. Can I just say a couple things first? My team. Shout out to Curtis, all right, because his team went off, okay? <laughs> he put up so many points. It was an insurmountable uh, position for myself. But my team laid an egg. I, I scored uh, – hey, Joe, question for you. How many points do you think I scored below my projection without looking? Like 40? 50. I 50? scored 50 points below my projection. I could have won if I played Joe Burrow over Ryan Tannehill question to you joe How, over the last three weeks ballpark what do you think joe burrow has averaged in fantasy over the last three weeks per game 
So as a T. Higgins owner, I know Burrow's thrown for like a fair chunk of yards. I'm going to guess he's averaged like 21 points a game. Over the last three weeks, he has averaged 12 points a game. 15.2, 4.2, and 16.6. I mean, <laughs> my rest, I felt like I made all the right decisions. Wait, 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 my team just I let thought, me down. I thought you meant including the last week because he had like four oh. last week. Okay, good point. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I bet the three weeks before last, okay. last week. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but the, there is silver lining, though, Eric. Uh, you know, you always like to talk about the bad things, especially when it comes to my team. Um, I spoke with Curtis, and Curtis told me beforehand that he wouldn't come on the podcast until he won a game, and now he has. So we can have Curtis on. So nice. that was my dis- that was my service to the general questionable persona community. I took one for the team. Now we can have uh, Curtis, who's always been a very solid guest on the podcast. Nice. You love to, you love to hear it. Uh, Joe, what's your highlight here from uh, week seven? I mean, honestly, probably the most exciting thing of the week was you and Chris's game on Sunday night kind of came down to the wire. Because, like, my game was, like, over early, so I did not have to sweat that at all. But just kind of, like, watching on Sunday night to see, like, the back and forth between you and Chris and what was happening, that was just, like, really exciting to watch and kind of, like, the after effects of like kind of the different plays that happened where it looked like one of you was going to win and something happened and then the other person thought they were going to win and kind of like back and forth yeah god love christian kirk shout out christian kirk won me a second week in a row and shout out david moore for that holding call definitely was a hold Uh, that was also the i think i remember when i got a text from you right after that happened where you said something along the lines of I was about to fucking shit myself when I thought DK Metcalf scored there. We were actually all playing games together, some of us, Connor and uh, Curtis and Chris, and uh, I was pretty excited when the flag was thrown. Uh, but, but Connor, what's your highlight from uh, week seven here? Yeah, I got a great one. Uh, my highlight is um, Darren Fells, tight end for the Texans. Uh, he played 78 snaps, received zero targets, not even targeted one time, scored me zero fucking points. What is up with that? 78 snaps. It wasn't like he was sat for bad behavior. Like, he was out there, dude. Uh, Mm -hmm. Apparently, Romeo Cremel came out and said that the Packers, their defensive scheme prevented Darren Fells from getting the ball. Dude, whatever, man. You would think if he played, like, 78 snaps, he would, like, accidentally catch a pass on one of them. Maybe pick up a fumble and run with it, fuck's sake. I don't understand, man. So whatever. Could add Gronk. I just love. Can I just say my other highlight is texts from Eric after Gronkowski has a good weekend, saying basically telling me to go fuck myself because we were in that tight end bid off last week with the fab budget. So that's another one of my highlights. I really appreciate that, Eric. That makes me feel really good inside. You're welcome. And uh, my highlight's gonna go to Tristan for his 124.5 to 109.9 victory over Jordan. It's his third straight win. I feel like it's kind of flown under the radar. Tristan had three straight wins after he lost three straight before that. Um, it was a huge day for Justin Herbert and Tristan's win. He scored, I think, like 38 points. And, uh, you know, he had Tom Brady on his bench as well, who scored 36. So he didn't, didn't even have to feel bad about that. Um, he, he lost Kenyon Drake to an injury, but he had Chase Edmonds in his flex. So obviously it picks up the slack there. And DJ Moore, he's really been turning it around as well after he uh, earned the Ryan Leaf Award a few weeks back. Uh, Tristan's got a big game this week against Spencer before his schedule gets a little tougher with matchups against Jerry, Joe, and Hovey. So I'm curious to see what happens with Tristan's teams moving forward. Kind of, you know, I feel like he's he got ridden off after his toilet bowl victory last year, but, you know, he's right in the mix this year. So got to give him a highlight. Uh, a yeah, shout we, out. We, 
Definitely, uh, definitely did not get written off. I mean, what are you talking about, dude? I think we've been saying Chris has been doing some good stuff this year on the podcast. Have you been, have you been paying attention? Yeah, he's been doing some great stuff. Yeah, but, but we've said that mic, before. But... We didn't write him off. I mean, you know. And I feel like we got to give a shout out to Ben for you know 176.4 points, uh, moving him now. Uh, I think he's like in the top five in scoring. He oh, no. is Never mind. actually seventh in scoring, seventh in even scoring. after scoring 170 points. So, so moving on up a little bit, but obviously a big week for Ben there in the victory against Spencer. So I feel i got to give him a shout out as well. I got one more thing I want to get to, Connor. Um, a topic of discussion this week with some members of the league. Uh, I don't oh, know really? if I'd call it a highlight, uh, but it was an interesting situation. So, uh, on, on you know, on Tuesday, I texted Chris asking about a potential trade. Uh as you what can was probably the potential guess, trade? let me guess garbage for a really good player. <laughs> as you can guess, didn't hear anything back. No text, no response at all. Um, Ooh, the, the Jerry it was, ghost. It was Thursday. At, uh, you know, it was Wednesday night, I looked at Chris's lineup, still had Miles Sanders in, even though he was already ruled out at that point. Mike Siki was on by, still in his tight end spot. His defense was on by, still in his defense spot. Um, the waivers had gone through. Chris didn't pick up anyone. It gets to Thursday. You know, I'm kind of checking throughout the day to see, you know, maybe who he's going to pick up, who he's going to put in. Looking throughout the day, still those three guys in. Miles Sanders is ruled out at that point. And the game starts. And he's got Miles Sanders still at running back. And he's still got Mike Kosicki at tight end. And he still has his defense who's on by. I can't remember who it was. They're still in as well. Um, so at that point, he would be locked in with the zero for Miles Sanders. Um, so I texted you, Connor. Um, Correct. And I was like, "Hey, have you heard from Chris lately?" You know, I was, you know, I was wondering. He did, hadn't made any lineup changes. Didn't respond back to my text at all. Just you know, curious, worried about it. Maybe a little bit. Maybe something happened. Maybe he yeah, got but, COVID. Okay. Maybe he's stuck in the sewer me, of San Diego. When you texted me that, I thought that maybe you talked to his mom and he was like, un, un, hadn't been seen for a couple of days. I was a little concerned. <laughs> Out of pure honesty, I'm just going to say that. And you're like, oh, no, I haven't heard from him. Why did you offer him a trade or something like that? And I was like, well, I did. Yes, True. but that's True. not why I'm texting you. I'm texting you because he still has Miles Sanders in his lineup. The game is it's at halftime, and he's uh, going to have a zero. And so you texted him back. You texted him, and, of course, he responds right away. What was that conversation like? Well, first of all, uh, I think – wait, let me – I got to go find your – can you pull the text that you sent me? I can, yeah. Um, oh, I will, oh, here we go. Should have traded me for Gronk. Text on Sunday, 2.30. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. Um, let's see. Oh, that's right. Uh, Eric, actually, after... Uh, I gotta I gotta bring this up, dude. So, last week, after waivers, Eric picked up Gronk. I picked up Dar- Darren Fells. Eric tried to trade me Gronk. He tried to trade me Gronk. I just traded for Mark Andrews. I have Zach Ertz, who just got injured. He <laughs> was like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Why tra- I, 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 I bid for him as well, but I also got a tight end, and then and I reminded Eric that I had Mark Andrews, and he was like, oh, yeah, my bad, um, which is classic. But anyway, so I go. actually, I'm looking back at our text. Uh, so here we go. So let's see. Uh, okay, he's, okay. So you texted me. You said, have you heard of Chris? Yada, yada, yada. He still has Miles Sanders and yada, yada. I can't remember. You could sub in Fournette for him. I wouldn't be mad. Um, that's what you said. So then I go to Chris. Uh, like you basically said, okay, Chris has Miles Sanders in. Uh, you go ahead and sub in Fournette. Yeah, like, Fournette was not... his only available running back at that point. Right, right, right. You're like, as long as it's someone that he has on his team, and he's not like picking someone up or doing any fucking changes like that. It's whatever. So it's 7:18 on Thursday. What time does Monday Night Football start? 5:20. Yeah. Five. Yeah, 5:20. Yeah. It's about two hours into the game, and I go, uh, Miles Sanders is going off tonight, bro. And then about a couple minutes later, I get a response. Fuck you, dude. 
Uh, and then let's see. Actually, he said, "Fuck you, died." D i d e. <laughs> and then he corrected himself. Died was dude. But I'll autocorrect that even further to suck my cock, you lousy ass daywalker, <laughs> which is a racial term. Okay. Don't use the fact that I'm a half ginger against me. Okay. Um, obviously, I told him he needs Jesus. We all need Jesus. And then I said I'm offering to sub out Miles Sanders as league manager. And then a great response from Chris: Did he get COVID or something? Chris thought Miles Sanders had COVID instead of being injured last week and had been questionable all week. Pulled out at the last second. He's like not oh. even pulled out at the last second. He was like ruled out way before him. I, I okay, way before. Okay, way before same day, whatever. Like, um, and then I even, said, okay. It wasn't even one where like he got ruled out like a couple hours before the game. He was out like three days before the game. He had the little O symbol next to his name. Yeah, man, you never know. Maybe uh, one of the you have to get what three uh, positive COVID tests in a row. Maybe that's what he was waiting for. Um, and I said Fournette would be replacement. Eric is okay with it. So I texted Chris after talking with you. You texted me, A, Miles Sanders is out. B, put in Fournette. I'm okay with it. Okay? And I was like, okay, that makes my question, you know, this whole process is easy. However, I will say this whole situation may be uncomfortable as a league manager because historically we have kicked people out of the league for not setting lineups. And historically we don't change it. So the fact that you came to me and said, nah, go ahead, you know, be nice to this guy made me uncomfortable because – I think that uh, that either means that people are going to have to do that in the future, right? Like, what's going to happen next week? If I, Whoever the fuck am I playing? Joe, let's say I'm playing you next week, right? And let's say that I forget to put a guy out who's out, right? It, does that mean that if you go to Eric and say, oh, uh, Connor needs to replace a guy, then Eric can swap it? What if you don't do that? Does that mean that I don't get a swap? It's, is the onus on the person who's being played against? I don't think it should be that way. Eric, what do you think? So, so okay. Sorry, Joe. What do you think, Joe? <laughs> So I'm going to chime in here for a second. So a couple years ago, there was a game in London, 6 a.m. game, right? And what happened during that game is night before, kind of take a look. No one's on the injury report at all. I have Melvin Gordon who's playing in that game, right? Then comes to 6 a.m., you know, I didn't get up to check my lineup before the game because I checked it the night before, had no injury report. Why do I need to check on Melvin Gordon, like, get up at 6 a.m. on a Sunday and check my lineup before the game? Well, Melvin Gordon got ruled out, like, probably, like, semi, like surprise injury got ruled out 45 minutes before the game. So I don't get up until after the game starts. Um, and Melvin Gordon's still in my lineup and locked in. And I was like, hey, I didn't get up to check this game. Can I change this with someone that's on my team in the future? And Eric told me no. So I'm kind of like, okay, like, what's the rule on this going forward? Because all right, hard like, stop, hard. Let stop. him talk. Hey, let, let hey, wait, no, not hard stop. Let our <laughs> guest speak, Eric. Continue, Joe. So what is the actual rule on this? Because I like, I feel like that was a scenario that should have allowed me to make a change to my lineup. Okay. So what is the exact scenarios that will allow? So a this is a different. This is not our obviously our league we're talking about, but. In this case, Joe was playing. He was not playing me. He was playing someone else. So I would have had to go to that. It's in this situation. It's different because I'm the one who's playing Chris, and I'm the one who's okaying. And I could have easily took. I'm the one who's. I'm not gaining an advantage by Fournette being in Chris's line. You're hurting yourself. I'm hurting myself. So it's different. Whereas, like in that situation, but, Joe okay. was playing someone it, random. But, Okay, but the I mean I guess the response is different, but one the more situation is not. Someone who is in a starting lineup 
who is not playing. I would also say out. that, it, okay, you, you, like you mentioned, oh, what if it happens again? I feel like there's like only a few people in our league who are retarded enough to not set their lineup and take out someone who's been ruled out for multiple days. One of those person, people is obviously Chris, but I don't think there's <laughs> many other people in our league who would make hey, the same mistake. Maybe. We'll find out. But hey, but. you know, Connor, you're... I think in this this is a unique situation that I was one who obviously would have been the uh, gaining the edge of Chris being a retard, and I decided you know I'm gonna be a nice guy, and I'm gonna let him put Fournette in because uh, I'm a nice guy, and so uh, this situation is unique, uh, and I don't think it should affect how you decide to rule on it in the future. Okay, well, first of all, thanks for saying that you're a nice guy twice. Really appreciate that. <laughs> Second of all, I do think that in I think in most, if not all, instances where a player is put in the starting lineup and is ruled out, there should not be any intervention with by the league manager. I think that uh, it is up to the managers themselves to make sure that their starting lineup is set. I think that, Joe, your situation kind of sucks because it's not every day that there's a 6 a.m. football game and someone gets ruled out before. I know in historically I feel like I once played Jarvis Landry in this league and he got ruled out with a hamstring in, like in warm-ups, and I, 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 didn't, I didn't have any opportunity to, to place him out. So I think that I'm kind of in a similar boat with you, Joe. All right, you heard it from the commission. But he's laying but at the same time, though, at the same time, though, so I think that okay. But still, I mean, if okay, if you if you see your opponent play someone and you want to do the the nice guy Eric method and and have the league manager replace it, then that's fine. But what really pisses me off though is how <laughs> Eric comes to me and says, "Oh yeah, I see what's going on. Uh, just play Fournette." And I go to Chris. And I'm like, "Okay, I'll put Fournette in. It's all good." And then all of a sudden, I get all these fucking things. <laughs> about eric about how pissed off you are because i don't know what happened between you and chris or what it was but you got so fucking pissed off you wanted you wanted to you like regretted your decision immediately obviously because i thought i was gonna lose because of it but i will so, say this that, i will say okay this but one you thing okay real quick. okay because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna lose from it you real can't quick. let that affect your decision mate. because since he hadn't replaced sanders who had been ruled out it wasn't like in joe's situation he got ruled out right before the game he had been ruled out for days at that point and he like the Thursday night game was going way, where has it gone through? He still hadn't replaced Gasicki or his defense. I thought maybe something had happened with Chris to where, like, okay, maybe fantasy football was not able to be on his mind at this time. You know, we all got shit going on in life, so I thought, okay, maybe something happened. Okay, and, okay. Uh, and and, uh, and Joe, that wasn't I don't know if you case. have anything. Joe, do you have anything to say right now? Because I'm about to say something else. No, I'm good. I'll just okay. you guys. Joe, do you grind your teeth that night? A little bit. I do. A little bit, yeah, yeah. I, my sister has it, I can tell. Sorry, I don't mean to call that out. Anyways, what I will say, though, Eric, that – that uh, that whatever the fuck you just said is 100% wrong, okay? Your your timeline you just gave is wrong. At 7.20, I replaced Miles Sanders with Fournette. Thursday at 10.05, I'm protesting the Fournette move now based on Chris's response. Uh, if I lose, I'm filing a protest. Immediately, <laughs> you're pissed off about something that Chris did. And you regret your decision based off what the other manager did, right? Because of what I said. I thought, you know. Hey, no, it wasn't about, oh, he didn't play defense right Sanders. And this is Thursday night, 10, 10 05 at p.m., dude. It's the same day. Anyways, I won. The fancy okay, gods, all right, all right, all right. Uh, you know, blessed me for my good behavior. And this has gone Christian on Kirk got two touchdowns. <laughs> we need to keep going on with the podcast. So, uh,. The thing, the, the what you can take away from this is that Chris is an idiot and doesn't clearly doesn't check his lineup that often. Um, we can agree on that. <laughs>
But uh, we got a quick award real quick. It's called the Fuck You Award. It's one player or person in the league that we all want to say fuck you to. So, uh, Connor, uh, here's your chance. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. Fuck you, Eric. <laughs> Thanks, man. For putting me through all this for, for for this whole the past seven days no five days of our interactions you tried to trade me gronk even though i have three tight ends on my team and then you put me through so much goddamn uh, i don't want to call it stress it wasn't actually stress but it was like it was like talking to someone who's manic depressive dude you were like yeah yeah everything's fine fuck chris fuck chris i'm pissed <laughs> off i'm gonna file a protest oh actually everything's fine everything's cool this is such bullshit learn for that's going off i'm gonna lose like it's like jesus christ dude just let me be so fuck you Eric. All right, thanks, man. My fuck you is uh, to James White. He got point eight points for you, Connor. That was a bummer. Uh, I feel like he should have done way better against this matchup against the 49ers. Agreed. Uh, Joe, who do you got? So mine's mainly just like, you know, I have to listen to this every week about how like my like five championship in the league championships in the league don't count. Like whatever. Like you guys, like you won when nobody knew what they were doing. So I just got to say, like, to everybody who keeps saying that, fuck you. You know, like, <laughs> Connor, when you were, Connor, you like to play poker at the casinos when you're in Arizona, right? Yep. So when you were playing at these little, like, peasant casinos in Arizona. Peasant casinos? Hello. Uh -huh. Okay. <laughs> in your little poker games. My little poker were, games, right. Okay. <laughs> when there was some, like, when there was some, like, old guy in your poker game that was, like, clearly, like, living on social security buying into your poker game for like the third time and you and you're playing against him you're still trying to take all his money right yeah man he's the fish yeah like if i'm playing in like a fantasy league where you know back in the day like i was playing with like a bunch of fish like you're still going to try and win the league right true absolutely 100 percent. are you you shouldn't be punished for trying your hardest yeah, I know, like, right? Like, I was playing in this league with, like, a bunch of fish. I mean, some of the fish are still in the league. Some of them are know, still hey, fish? Yeah, some of them are still fish. But you know what? I won the league five times. So, you know what? For anybody says that I'm not a champion, fuck you. And uh, especially for, you know, maybe win, like, multiple championships and then start talking. All right, that's our award this week, the Fuck You Award. I feel like that was a hit, so maybe we'll bring it back sometime. Uh, we got a, we got a, a debut of a brand new segment. It's oh, this, I love brand, I love <laughs> new segments. It's this week in EKG history. So, uh, you know, you have to go all the way back to 2015 to find the last time Joe was actually in championship contention. Uh, but let's look back to week eight of his 2009 title season for this week in EKG history. Uh, everyone loves hearing that Joe lost. And maybe nobody more than Hovi, our guest last week. Team named White Power, who took down Joe, Team Unity, 84.7. Like, who, who was on his team, like James White or something? <laughs> I don't know. And I didn't write down Joe's score because I'm an idiot. But Hovi scored 84.7 and he won. Um, so we'll have to look back on that. Uh, Mitchell Galehouse, who Connor bullied out of the league without consulting oh. any of us, <laughs> was the highest scorer of the week. With a 116.1 to 86.7 victory over the human orangutan Aaron Quammen. Hey, just uh, curious, do we know which 80s band Mitchell's team was named off of that year? I can't remember. Uh, so Joe went on to defeat Jordan in the championship that year. It was really close. 109.1 to 38.5. Joe was led by Chris Johnson, Andre Johnson, Big Ben Roethlisberger, and legendary kicker Rob Ronis. And that's this week in EIG history. How the hell did... 
Jordan only scored 38 points <laughs> in the championship. That's, that's coming a from question. a guy who scored 33.8 just last year. Uh, uh, Joe, we're going to kick right over to you. Um, it's been a, it's been a rough year for Joe Nose. I don't even know how you did last week. I don't think it was great, but uh, you got something for us this week, NFL-oriented. Yeah, I actually ended up coming with it. You know, I took a little bit of a flack last week because I'm, you know, just picking individual games. And you know what? We just want to hit the parlays. Like, nobody wants to, like, grind out little individual wins. You don't go to Vegas to try to, like, you go to Vegas to try and hit it big. So here are the parlays I got for this week. First, I got a college football parlay for Saturday, which is UCF, Tulane, FAU, and Arkansas State. Uh, then for the Sunday, we got an NFL parlay. Well, actually, this one starts on Thursday because we got the Thursday night game, which is Carolina minus two. We got Indy Detroit under 50, Dallas Philly over 42 and a half, uh, Seattle minus three, and Miami plus four. And then if you're a true degenerate and are betting on the presidential election, the best odds that you can get right now is if you bet Joe Biden to win Pennsylvania which if he wins Pennsylvania, he'll win the election at minus 150. That's going to be the best odds that you get anywhere on Joe Biden to win the election in a great price. So those are my bets for the week. All right, Connor, what do you think? You nice. taking Joe Biden to win Pennsylvania? Uh, I mean, uh, I, it's great to know that the entire uh, country of America, we're electing our president, it all comes down to Pennsylvania, and no other vote really matters. I really enjoy that. A uh, question for you, Joe, on this. Joe knows uh, parlay. Um, with the Carolina, Indy, all kind of stuff. Do you know the return on that? I'm trying to put it in my scoreboard app right now so I can find out. It is. Give me one second. I sure. I'm actually pretty right close. Now. I just can't find the goddamn Dallas-Philly game. Connor's close to finishing. He's almost oh, there. Uh, they have Dolphins at plus 3.5. Is that going to be a problem? Yeah, it should be fine still. It should be like 25 to 1 on it, a little over 25 to 1. You know, big payout there on the Joe Nose parlay. So hopefully that comes in this weekend and a couple of you guys bet it. But... There you go, live and in person, Joe knows. Uh, moving on to our next segment here. This one's called, Does My Wife Look Hot? Uh, it's uh, We're taking a look back at Connor's draft grades that he gave and maybe handing out some new grades for some teams as well. Um, if you remember the great, one of the many great Hovey stories during uh, EIG Jeopardy um, regarding him being a TA for one of the PE teachers that came back, Mr. Leary. I don't know how you could forget it if you were there, but uh, it was quite the doozy. You might have to have him on the podcast to retell it sometime. But let's take a look at uh, Connor's grades and kind of see now that we're about halfway through the se- season um, where these teams are shaking out. Um, you know, we're always power bottoms here on the Questionable for Sunday, so we're going to start from the bottom of Connor's draft grades. Uh, coming at number 12 in Connor's post-draft grades was AMAC, Kicker Lives Matter, currently sitting at 3-4, and four, and they are in... Uh, let's see, ninth place in points scored with 778. Connor gave his team a C. Uh, Connor, I'll start with you. How are you feeling about this grade right now? Okay, well, I'm not, I mean, okay, well, the thing is, is that I, I, I saw that we were going to go over this, and I have a response to the total grades, like all of them, but I don't have individual responses. However, okay. I think that my bottom four picks 
I hit all of them, by the way. Okay, so let's just quickly go over the bottom four. So the bottom four. Bottom four, I nailed. Amac at twelfth with the C. Jordan eleventh with the C plus. Curtis, he has eleven. Oh, Jordan has eleven and is eleventh in total points. Curtis tenth with the B minus. Obviously, twelfth in total points. points. And Spencer ninth with the B minus. I had him. In, I had him. Uh, he has tenth in total points. So, so the bottom nine, four 10, 11, teams. 12, I had all nailed. He had and so far points scored. His top bottom four teams are the bottom four. Um, I, looking at this at first glance, Connor, you're pretty spot on. Um, I, at, at the time, I thought a B minus for Curtis was generous, and I feel like that's come true as well. I think out of those four teams, um, maybe you could move McCory up a few spots. I, I think Spencer at ninth is not a bad grade out of those four. I think he might, I, you know, maybe I'd take McCory as number nine, but I think Spencer's right behind him. So I think you're pretty close there, uh, Joe. What do you think of those four? I mean, like, yeah, I think. I can argue that you did a pretty good job with this. I mean, like, I think when you get to the top, the order can be, like, is maybe interchangeable with some of them, but I think it's pretty good. All right, looking at the next set of teams here, we had eighth was Ben with the B minus, seventh Tristan with the B, sixth Joe with the B, Connor gave himself a B as fifth, and Hovey was fourth with the B plus. Um, Connor, what was your reaction to, your reaction now to seeing those grades for those five teams? I think they, I think those were pretty all great grades as well um hovey i had him at fourth he's second in po total points i had myself at fifth i'm six in total points i had joe at six he's fourth in total points i had tristan at seven uh that was a little bit of an outlier he got third in total points so i, I missed on tristan and then ben uh who i had as eight he's seventh in total points so i think i was pretty close on all of those yeah pretty good grades as well um yeah, I thought you were cutting yourself a little bit short with the B. I thought maybe you could have moved yourself up a little higher pre-draft. Um, but, you know, like you said, you're right around where you thought. But I I said it on the pod a few weeks ago. I do like your team moving forward. Um, Joe, any thoughts there on the on I don't like five? my team moving forward. My team's fucking trashed, dude. Someone <laughs> trade me, dude. Who the fuck wants Cam Akers, man? I want to get rid of this guy. This guy is doing nothing for me. $19 wasted. Uh, Joe, what, what were your thoughts those five grades right there? I mean, they're pretty solid. Um, nothing that's really like a big miss in that category. Everyone's like pretty close to where they are on points scored. I guess maybe Hobie was a little bit low um, in terms of points scored, but there's not that much separation there between the teams. So, And uh, looking at the last three here with all the A minuses, Chris, number three with an A minus, myself with an A minus, and you nailed Jerry with an A minus, number one. So props there. Uh, Connor. You obviously hated to give Chris props after the draft. Um, so are you excited to see that maybe his team hasn't performed as well as you initially thought? I mean, no. Um, I mean, I know that that's probably the other outlier, right? I had him at number three. He's at eight in total points. By the way, Eric, I had you at second. You were fifth in total points. I had Jerry at number one. He's first in total points. So one thing I will say about Chris, though, is that his team, I think he's still drafted really well. He's just been really unlucky with two things. Number one is injuries. He has Dak Prescott, Cortland Sutton, both on IR. Kenny Galladay also started the season on uh, IR missing time. So he's had some issues with with players, good players, missing time. Um, and then the second part, which is we all know that Chris sometimes doesn't play players at all or plays players <laughs> who aren't playing. So I'm not taking responsibility for that part of it. Uh, but I do think my draft grades were overall very accurate. So he's a you know, yeah. good GM, maybe not a, the best uh, manager. Uh, I think I said that during the yeah. grading back in the day. So uh, props to myself. Uh, Joe, you see this? I'm giving myself – what am I doing right now? And uh, yeah, Chris you know, on the had, <laughs> had a decent draft, but definitely not the best fantasy coach. Yeah. Um, uh, one know, thing I do like, 
You know, he's like the Mike McCarthy of the EEIG. Just like, you know, he does some stuff well, but it's just when it comes down to it, not a very good coach. Yeah, it's funny. Like, I was actually going to say he's like the Jason Garrett of the EEIG because he slapped my ass so many times. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, one and thing Mike I want to add. has won a Super Bowl. Okay, one thing also I want to <laughs> add is that in preparation for this, I, I, I actually thought Eric was calling me out. I thought he was going to give me shit for all these grades. So I, I did what every good engineer does i put the data i put it into an excel file and what i did was i i charted the uh my rankings versus the total points rankings and i i found a linear fit and i got an r squared value of 0.55 which is actually not bad considering it doesn't take into account free agency pickups or drops any trades or deciding who to play so i think overall my i was a little bit no thomas on this one i'm not gonna lie injuries as well so true true didn't even go over injuries the only one that I thought was way off on that is Chris. And, like, being off on really one out of 12 isn't that bad. It's pretty good. That's true. I think I had Leonard – I thought I didn't realize Leonard Fournette was going to be awful this year. I'm not going to lie. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Dak Prescott on IR, Cortland Sutton. You hate to see it, you know? And, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, actually, no, that's really it, actually. Miles Sanders hurt as well. Chris may, still might not know. But but for a little hurt. bit, yeah. Someone let Chris know. Does he have COVID? Do we know? I don't know. We'll have to check in on that one. Uh, yeah, someone, someone check Sunday. if Miles Sanders has COVID and let Chris know. Uh, but that does it for Does My Wife Look Hot? And uh, now we're going to jump into the the waiver wire recap. Um, taking a look here. A couple of uh, some, some decent-sized pickups. We had Carlos Hyde going to Joe for $49. DJ Dallas, also Seahawks running back, Tristan to 30, and Richard Higgins to Connor for 22 Those are our three highest pickups of the week. Um, Joe, I'll start with you. Who was your waiver wire pickup of the week? So I was rattled when I logged on to my ESPN Fantasy app this morning and saw that I got Carlos Hyde for $49. I feel like there's definitely other teams in the league that could have definitely used him. I kind of wanted him, but like I kind of feel like if I would have gotten him, me getting him at $49, I was pumped. But I just knew Connor had Carson and he had $48 left. So I'm like, okay. But bid $49, Connor should bid 48 for him, and then someone will probably outbid me, but I'm like, well, just in case. So I was ecstatic that I got Carlos Hyde for $49. Carson's hurt. I'm going to have some bye week issues the next couple weeks. It's like perfect timing to get like a good, if if uh, Carson's out, Hyde is a solid RB2 for two, three weeks. So I'm pumped about that. Right, okay, two things. I need. I feel like I need to respond. Um, Chris Carson is a, a game time decision. He, I, I've heard he actually he's trying to play this weekend, so that's that's one thing. And then the second thing, which is the real reason why I didn't bid for Carlos Hyde, I think I might have put in a bid, but not very much. Um, he was also injured at the end mm-hmm. of last game, so he had some hamstring tightness. So I actually uh, just talking about it very quickly. I I, I know Travis Homer's out, and the fact with COVID, it's really hard to just bring on a running back. I think that. Uh, the DJ Dallas pickup could actually play pretty well um, if the injury woes continue for the Seattle Seahawks. All right, Connor, was that your pickup of the week, DJ Dallas? Sure, let's call it. Why not? Um, right. Yeah. Although I will say, Joe, I picked up Carlos Hyde in a different league. But, <laughs> <laughs> the, but I just didn't, you know, it's like, eh, sorry, I mean, even if you max bit on him, you wouldn't have got him. I, I got to hedge my so. bet somehow, you know? Uh, Connor, I'm going to give you props this week. I really like the pickups of Rashard Higgins and Scotty Miller. 
Um, Scotty Miller obviously going to be nice uh, with Chris Godwin, especially being out this week. Maybe some increased targets for him. And obviously Odell is on out for the season at the torn ACL. So Rashard Higgins for $22. A nice pickup there. I picked him up as well. And uh, I do agree with Joe. Carlos Hyde was was a good pickup. Um, and I'm mad about it because I rostered Carlos Hyde for like most of the majority of the season. I dropped him last week for Antonio Brown. And of course the week I dropped him, he gets Chris Carson gets hurt. And now he's potentially the starter. And... Oh. Uh, also, this was a little bit before the free. Don't interrupt too, but I just had to throw the shout out Chris dropping Mike Gusecki. So I was able to pick him up because I had Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby the week before. So Chris dropped Mike Gusecki. And then when Higby got rolled out, I was just able to drop crappy Tyler Higby and pick up Mike Gusecki. So Chris is, you know, the, the managing this keeps on getting better. Um, but I, uh, it's funny. I feel like this whole podcast is about Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I have a little Sorry. bit of a rant. You know, I'm obviously mad because I dropped Carlos Hyde and now he's a hot commodity, potentially. I gotta say, Jerry, Chris, Curtis, Spencer, Tristan, Hovey, all easily had the money to bid on and win Carlos Hyde. It only costs, it would have cost you $50. You know, maybe it could have bid like a 60 or a 70. You would have felt pretty comfortable with it. Uh, at this point of the season, I don't think that's a crazy amount to spend. The waivers are extremely thin at this point, and uh, there's not that many valuable players coming off waivers every week. And a guy like Carlos Hyde, you're 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 taking a gamble, like you said, Connor. Chris Carson might be back this week, um, but he might not. And if he's out and Carlos Hyde is healthy and he is playing, he's an automatic starter. He's a good starter. Uh, the starting running back for the Seahawks is obviously valuable. Um, DJ Dallas is not going to be a guy who gets a lot of carries ever. You know, he's more like the passing down guy. Carlos Hyde is, you know, a proven running back in the league. He's a veteran running back. He's a guy who can get you a lot of carries. He does it in the passing game. He does a little bit of everything. Uh, and you got to be willing to take a gamble at some point. I mean, if you look at those guys' rosters and Carlos Hyde were to be the starting running back, he would easily slide in a starting spot for any of them. And I just feel like there's not enough. These guys, they're not willing to take any risk. And it's not even that big of a risk because you're, you can't take the budget to next season. And there's not very many people left on waivers for you to bid on. So what's the point of not throwing out a bid form? Uh, I, I can even extend this beyond waivers. Like if you just look at some of these teams, like Curtis is one and six. He needs to win every single game the rest of the season to make the playoffs. He's not going to get in on points. He's too far behind. It would take a miracle. Take the chance on Carlos Hyde. He might be a starter this week. He might help you get to victory. Michael Thomas is not doing you anything. He potentially has value. Look to trade him. Like, have you made any, have you offered anybody anything for Michael Thomas? Have you made any offers? Like, I can say for myself, I make plenty of trade offers, okay? I overdo it sometimes. I'll admit it. I make trade offers every week. I maybe not offers, but I reach out to people. Have I gotten a trade offered to me once this year? Has there been one? Have I gotten no text with the trade offer at all this year? No. I, wait, a, I, haven't, I haven't sent you a trade maybe offer. Maybe a counter offer to an offer that I originally made out to. But like, what is up with these guys is thinking like they can just sit on their hands at one and six and two and four. And like all of a sudden their shitty team is just going to like turn around and be good all of a sudden. What is the point of that? It's just like, we have people, I feel like there's people in our league who are like, you know what, I'm going to hold on to some of these guys because it's going to give me insurance when I'm in the toilet bowl. 
are you kidding me? Is that, that's your that's your outlook on the season? It's like, well, I just don't want to get last place. I mean, I can speaking for myself. I'm never going to get last place, so I'm not worried about it. I'm always trying to win the league because that's what you should be doing. But I just feel like there, there could just be a little. You know, maybe it's good for me that these people are just like sitting on their hands doing nothing. But I feel like for the overall strength of the league to make it as competitive as possible, what some of these teams are doing is not going to get the job done. I just want to say before I know you're about to respond, Joe, I think you are. I think, Eric, your assumption that Curtis is trying to make the playoffs is incorrect. I'm not saying, okay, well, he's obviously not. Look at his team. He's obviously not. You just trying said to make the he needs to win point. every game to get in the playoffs, so he should try to win every game to make the playoffs. I'm saying if I was 0 and 6 slash 1 and 6, not sure. I mean, there might be a recount on last week. Who knows? <laughs> I, I would be trying to make sure I don't lose the toilet bowl. And Michael I mean, Thomas is a guy, actually, I would be targeting to have on my team so I could gain value later in the season by giving up short term value. So, Joe, what do you think? So. I mean, like, it really just depends. Like, I feel that if you are just, like, so scared that you're going to lose the toilet bowl, it's like, really? Come on, guys. Like, we just have too many fantasy owners that are happy being, like, the Indiana Pacers of the EIG. Just, like, maybe, like, be, like, average, and then either, like, if you make the playoffs, you just lose in the first round every year, or, like, miss out on the playoffs, and you're, like... You know how, like, in the movie Semi-Pro, they're, like, <laughs> trying to just get, like, fourth place? The, you know what I'm talking yep. about? Mm-hmm. You guys see that movie? That's how I feel like a lot of people in this league are. Just, like, they're happy. They're just, like, fourth place, fourth place, fourth place. It's like, Connor, the toilet bowl. <laughs> you lose the toilet bowl, right? You have to do the last place punishment. You you lost the toilet bowl one year. You had to do the last yeah, place on. punishment. You knocked it out basically in one weekend in like 48 hours time. Was it that bad? Okay, well, that was before Tristan, though. Tristan has taken the toilet bowl punishment to a whole other level. He okay? has, but not because of what like, we put on him. We asked no, for I one know, song. No, I know, which is why He's I think it's awesome. 11. And I give, him, I give him all the respect he deserves, but... I think there's also, you know, the constant. I mean, the fact that we have a podcast, we constantly berate people for not doing well. If they don't, if they do poorly, either you know, the very end of the year or during the season. Yeah, I mean, maybe Carlos Side could have been a bit on people, but he was injured too, right? I mean, but it's just, he might not have been taking this a week. gamble. But if he if he does, if Carson's out and he does play this week, then he's an RB too. He's going to be a guy who could maybe win you a week when like. If you look at the even if you look at the middle of the standings, what separates like a playoff team and a non-playoff team now is really close. So that might be that one week might put you have Carlos Hyde might put you might be the difference between you making the playoffs or not. And for fifty dollars or sixty dollars or seventy dollars at this point with the budget and who's on waivers, I, I just don't see how it's not worth taking that risk. Plus, it's not like Chris Carson doesn't get hurt every year. So even though even if he's healthy now, he might get hurt later. Yeah, and and I, you know I hear the argument sometimes like oh whenever I make a trade whenever I make a pickup, Eric is on the podcast talking about how shitty it is. It's like dude, if that's gonna stop you from making a trade, then you're just a huge puss. Like if you if you think my opinion, guess what I'm wrong sometimes. If if my opinion is gonna influence you from making a trade or making a bid on a player. That's pathetic because okay. obviously my my opinion shouldn't also, carry that much weight. I'm I'm being saying humiliating myself right now. It shouldn't carry that much weight. Uh, 
Again, I'm not going to tell people how to manage their fantasy teams. People managing their fantasy team shitty is beneficial to all three of us on the podcast right now because we are people who are contenders in this league. But I just think it's a little ridiculous. Okay, and also, too, as the guy who spent $190 on Wayne Gallman last year, I will die on the hill that at the time that was a good pickup. Yeah, exactly. Everyone loves to shit on Joe. Everyone loves to shit on me. I will die on that hill. With the info I knew at the time, that was the correct pickup. So good. But, I, I do want to say one thing, Eric. What was the list of people you're angry at again about this? Can you just? Can, I'm mean, just roll, looking at some people who could have beat Joe. On you this. well, you just had a list of names. Can you start from the top and give me the first name? Jerry, Chris. Okay. Okay. Curtis. Okay. Spencer, Tristan, Hobie, and I, I mean, you know, we always praise Jerry. I feel like Jerry. Okay. Jerry is, is too, is okay, too ri- even Jerry himself is too risk averse. Jerry has had phenomenal drafts the last three years. Okay, you got to give it to him. But he has done nothing in either trades or free agents to make his team any better. And guess what? He hasn't. Last year he didn't have to, and so far this year he hasn't had to. I, I, I did, that could change. But I would say if Jerry is like, whatever. Jerry is a guy. If he doesn't have a good draft, he would have no chance. He has shown nothing in the many years he's played fantasy in this league that he would is able to wheel and deal to take a chance on it because not like a trade is automatically going to improve your team but at least you're taking the shot at it you know what i mean he hasn't shown anything that he's willing to take that shot to improve his team while sometimes you said he was the first ballot hall of famer dude you you backtracking from that i guess guess shout out jerry dude don't let eric trash you like that uh i just think that your example is not the greatest in this instance and let me bring up a counter example looking back to wednesday september 23rd 2020 Big, big free agent acquisition, period. I got Mike Davis for 135, who also, who also question mark, put in huge bids for Mike Davis. You got Spencer. Uh, you got Curtis. You got Tristan. You got Joe. You got Hovey. All put in bids of $90 or more. Actually, Hovey put in for 80 all right? You go down the list. Okay, yeah, I guess uh, Ben put 57 Jerry put 50 But I don't think that – people aren't willing to spend a lot of money i think that people and maybe you're right on some level people are risk averse but but i think in this particular instance carlos hyde was coming out of the game with an injury it's not guaranteed it's it's wednesday we don't even know who's going to be the start but mike davis it was like mccaffrey was going on ir it was like very obvious at the time exactly for four to Uh six weeks he was going to be the guy obviously 100 for, so it's, it's which is why it's a good makes, example, which, which is why makes I sense it. that more people would have bid on him because it was more clear. Anyone except maybe Chris could have seen that Mike Davis was a pretty solid pickup for four to six weeks. Hyde, it's obviously different because he could be a good pickup. He could not. I'm not. I'm not going to say that he's like an automatic pickup, good pickup, because. Chris Carson could play on Sunday and Hyde is just a backup or Hyde could be out. He could be injured again. Like the last time Carson was injured and not even be active. So like, it's a little bit more of a gamble, but it should be one that more people are willing to take. And then this extends beyond waivers. It extends to like trades. I mean, you're talking about make me a trade. I need to make a trade. How many people have texted you besides me? How many people have, have texted you this season with a trade offer? shitloads dude way more than you because <laughs> no. i don't trash them for their offers no dude. i bet that number you couldn't even count it it's less than three i can count pretty high so okay before we get to the next topic i just want to make a couple points uh <laughs> to quote the great member of the league a great member of this league scared money don't make money exactly 
And I also want to point out, hey, if anyone needs a receiver, all mine are available. So hit me up for a trade. Yeah, Darren Waller's on the market also, as well. All mine are available. Hit me up before you hit up Joe. I, need, I might need a running back this week. James White. If you need Tyler, a tight... Lockett, Tyler Lockett available. Robert Woods available. Chris Godwin available. T. Higgins available. If Great any of you offer. pussies want to pull your dick out from between your legs, Darren Waller is available. So hit me with an offer. Yeah, um, why are you trying to get rid of Darren Waller, actually? I know you were put him on the official trade block. Do you want to talk about that at all? Uh, I feel like, you know, that great pickup last week of Rob Gronkowski, you know, getting gonna hold true, six huh? to eight targets a game. I feel like I can uh, move with that going forward. I have clear holes at wide receiver. Once again, I have clear holes at wide receiver. Darren Waller's on the block. Why don't you guys talk to each uh, other? Fuck, dude. Someone's trying to get rid of wide receivers. I've already talked to Joe receiver. about it, but, uh, oh, classic. Um, but hit me up. So, uh, that, yeah, that's why Darren Waller's on the block. But let's move on now. Uh, we've we've talked enough about my mini rant. This thing. podcast has gone off the rails <laughs> so hard. It's going to be like a two-hour podcast. No, we're good. We're, almost, we're turning we're a into like an, an ESPN TV show. But it, it's, you know, we'll see how it plays. <laughs> uh, this part will go quick. we got our week eight picks. I'm going oh, yeah, with Hovey over myself. Hate to say it. I'm going with Curtis for a second victory in a row. McCory, Jordan, Ben, and Spencer. Uh, Joe, who you got? I got me, I got Hobie, I got Spencer, Ben, Jordan, and Curtis. All right, Connor, finish it up. Oh, shit, I don't think I'm ready for this. I only have five <laughs> names listed. See, unlike Eric, I count how many names I have before I say them, so there isn't this issue. I think I need... Oh, uh, oh that's right. That's right. Okay, I got uh, myself, obviously, uh, Hobie, I got Curtis, I got McCory, I got Eric, and I got Spencer. That's right, a lot of similar picks there, but uh, yeah, it's going to do it. And... Uh... Everyone's favorite segment is back. I was always uh, one of the last ones to end the pod. We got Jerry's berries. Uh, looking at his week last week, his bad berry was Tom Brady. Projected 20.2. He said he would finish outside the top 10. He finished his quarterback three, scoring 36.7. Kenyon Drake was his fruit to exceed 13 points. Uh, he got hurt, but he scored 4.6. Um, but in the final lap, he had in the Hovey versus Joe matchup, he had Joe to exceed 119 points. He definitely exceeded and scored 162.5. So a nice pick there on Jerry's berries. True. Um, we're all looking forward to this. So let me see what he has this week. I would pay money to see your guys' text conversations to each other, by the way. They're very erotic. Alrighty, just a second here, guys. Uh, some quality producing going on by me. I uh, hope it's he's doing the Jeopardy logo this time because it's taking right. forever. Here we go. Let's see what we got from Jerry's Berries. Greetings and welcome to week eight of Jerry's Berries. Time for October Madness. As always, this is your host and reigning champion, Jerry. <laughs> I'm joined tonight by a special guest, legendary sports announcer, Gus Johnson. Gus, how are you doing tonight? Harrington free! And buries it! My name's now Harrington! I get buckets! Uh, Alright, sounds like you're doing well. Uh, now let's get on to this week's Fruits and Bad Berries. First on the court, we have Josh Allen. Projected nearly 22 points this week, he has not broken 20 points in two consecutive weeks and now goes up against Bill Belichick and the vaunted hoodie. I foresee another sub-20 point performance in week 8, making Allen a bad berry. Next up, Jonathan Taylor. Projected 13 points, fresh off a bye and facing a bad Detroit run defense. I think Taylor beats his projection and is this week's fruit. Now we move on to the EEIG, 
looking between the two highest projected totals for this week, Fool's Gold and Kicker Lives Matter. Ben's Fool's Gold has been looking like 24 karat gold lately, racing out to first place in the standings of the EEIG. Let's see how he fares for most projected points this week against AMAC. Fool's Gold is projected a league high 129.7 this week, and McCory is projected second most at 126.4. I think the difference this week is the middle tier of players on each roster, and I just like AMAC's matchups better. AJ Brown, Brennan Ayuk, and Cole Beasley all with favorable matchups, and I expect at least 20 points from George Kittle to give AMAC a come from behind upset victory for the most points in week 8. Thanks for listening. Now, Gus, take it away. Shot clock turned off. Game clock at eight. He's going to do it himself. Thomas, shake, crossover, step back. And the brother, Young, safe, and Washington wins it. On a last second, Jay Cole-Blooded. Cold-blooded, you love to hear it. And those are phenomenal. Cherries, berries. Man, I'm getting flashbacks from watching that Isaiah Thomas game winner. That was nuts. So the recap there, Josh Allen going under his 20-point projection. Jonathan Taylor, the fruit, to beat his projection. And he's taking AMAC and uh, a potential upset over Ben. Ben, the highest projected score this week, obviously, after a big week last week. Speaking of AMAC, uh, Tristan, I think, has some words for him. Let's see what he has to say. One time for AMAC. Back with that plan of attack. From wideouts to wifeys, are you emulating that OJ life with a handicap of 90? Bitch, he might be. But he's not the glove like Gary. Because turnovers headline is obituary. He had nine against Radford, walking around Houghton like his name was Sam Bradford. Or better yet, fuck it. Like his name is Blake Bortles. Losing his rocks like he's trying to give orals. Ew. Nasty. If Alvin's a consensus hunk, Andrew's the bitch-ass chipmunk. Bending it over for Norbert like his ass is a fucking carport. You know what else is crazy? He and his friends called themselves No Chaser in high school. What a fucking loser. <laughs> Damn, man. Trisha Sharon knows a lot about Andrew for never having met him before. <laughs> I gotta say, I feel like Tristan is going to a new level with these diss tracks every week. I don't know about you guys. Definitely. Damn. I don't even understand some of the things he just said, but... Like, Eric, you were laughing. Can you explain some of those references for me if you remember them? It was like bending over for Norbert. What's that all about? <laughs> uh, so he said, he mentioned Alvin. That's AMAX's little brother. And uh, oh, okay. Nor Norbert is his dad. 
No, no. <laughs> okay. What is <laughs> okay? <laughs> and uh, okay. Houghton is where Amac went to college. He played basketball there, and right. uh, they played. In ex- you ever heard of Radford University? No. Uh, so it's a Division One school, but anyways, Amax uh, team played an exhibition game against them one time, and and, and the box score is not too pretty for Amax in the turnover section. Yikes, dude! <laughs> Tristan's going deep. Yeah, dude. How would he know that? <laughs> but Tristan, keep it up, man. Uh, this is a great, been a great last place punishment. Definitely bringing some entertainment to the podcast as well. Uh, we're looking forward to the next track and. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of the pod. Uh, as always, it was great chat with you guys, Joe. Joe, thank you, man, for, for coming on. Thanks for stopping by, Joe. It was a fun time. Was it a fun time? I feel like we rambled on uh, absurdly long on topics that you probably didn't care about. A little bit, but it was good. <laughs> uh, Con- Connor, any last words uh, to the people? Uh, love you guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, I just want to say something real quick before we end it. For those of you who are still listening at this absurdly long podcast, even if your team loses, even if your team loses to the worst team in the league, keep your chin up, right? Exactly. Keep your chin up. Thank you guys for listening. Love you guys. See you next week.